Hello again, Dwayne Drummond here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Allie. How are you, sir? Good morning to you as well. I'm doing good. Just just tired. I mean, I've been. Uh, seems like I've just been going nonstop. How, how about yourself? You're busy. Uh, fairly busy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. which will be kind of nice. It'll tie into what we're talking about today, but, uh, what, yeah. let me ask you though, are you guys getting any, any feedback from the, the, the hurricane and the storm and that type of stuff your way? We had, we had some incredible downpours yesterday. The, the rain was insane. Like my, my built in swimming pool is like just about overflowing. I'm going to have to backwash it. That's how much rain we had in such a short amount of time. And even in my parking lot, um, I had to be out there with a broom in the middle of the rain. I'm standing under my awning, sweeping the water away from the door because it's getting, it's rising up and it's getting close to be coming into my actual lobby area. So I had to sweep that oh, water geez. away. So it was a, a lot of water in one, in a small amount of time. And I can't imagine what those poor people are going through. Yeah. Right? yeah I didn't know, you know if there was any repercussions for you guys. Now, the one weird thing, though, that we had before the storm started, my pool was covered in insects. Like, it seems like they all flew away and came down by us, like millions and millions of, um, of like, little tiny gnats and mosquitoes and bugs and all that. So it was just wacky. Never saw that before. They, they flew north to get away. Yeah, to get away. They know better, right? I think they're like, hey, we better get out of here. Yeah, they must have some sort of internal, yeah, mechanism that goes, uh, let's get out of here. Well, they do. I remember in the, when I went to Thailand many years ago, and that was two weeks I left before that tsunami hit, and I was right in that area down in in Thailand. Um, and, uh, they said in Thailand when the, when it was starting, the typhoon was like a few minutes or 20 minutes before, all the animals like started to just retreat to higher ground and people like what's going on birds, you know, dogs, everything, you know, wildlife was going for higher ground. They just could detect it. They could sense it. So it's weird how they have that innate connection with nature and the universe, right? Versus like us where we're just kind of living our lives through this mechanics and the electronics and all that stuff. We're not connected to the environment. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Well, you said that uh, you're, you're busy. What are you busy doing? Well, it seems like I'm just really super busy in general, right? You know, like it's just like, I, you know, I'm 53. I've been doing this for 28 years, going on 20, 28 or 29 this year. And, um, you know, I figure like, hey, I'd be chilling out on a beach by now. But by choice, I'm I'm so busy. I'm at my dojo. I'm, you know, the other day, it was insane with all the people, I guess because the school's back, and, and, and then it was a, a bad day, so everything was canceled, all the after-school activities. So everyone came. I had like 45 kids in one class. So my lobby is math, and it's great. I love that energy, but oh, my God, you know, and it was one of those weird days where, like, kids couldn't figure, even teen class couldn't figure out their left from their right, and kids are, like, running into walls and just falling down randomly, and I'm trying to talk to them, and they're not listening. I'm, like, calling the kid's name, like, 27 times, and he's still looking the other way. So it was one of those days, and I, I'm just getting my voice back. But so stuff like that, and then I have a tournament coming this weekend, um, so we're preparing for that as well. And a lot of trial classes, people coming in and trying out. Um, so that's exciting. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's weird. I don't know for you though, but like my conversion ratio has dropped dramatically. Like I used to convert 90% of the people that came through the door, maybe 80, 80, 85, right? Now it's more like around 60 and nothing's changed. It's just that I guess due to competition in my area, um, due to people being unsure of commitment, everything is like, well, I don't know if we want to commit. Like I had two, a mom with two twins the other day, like twin boys. And she's like, well, we don't know if we want to commit. I'm like, ma'am, they're, they're three years old. You know, you've got to commit them to do the program, right? If, you know, if, if you're unsure of committing them, how am I going to be committed to you? I'm, I'm going to be putting all my effort into the first two months of getting them to learn everything so that they act accordingly. And you're telling me you may just pick up and go, right? And that's hard for us as instructors, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why no, I'm just... They have no problem committing for nine months when they send them to school for nine months. Right, right, exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, so so um, so um that leads into our call, which is a great call, because I love... You and I are a little geekish when it comes to um, numbers and, you know, return on investment and cost of investment and all of that stuff. Like, so for me, it excites me. I know the same with you, like looking and analyzing those numbers and so on. So why don't you start off and tell everybody what we're doing and why it's so important and so on. 
Yeah, well, and this is going to be a little bit different. This is going to kind of flip it a little bit. And what I mean by that is uh, ROI, everybody knows what that means, return on investment. So you invest, you know, a dollar and then you get 10 bucks back, you know, and then you can obviously go, what was my return on that investment? We put in $100 or $400 for an ad on Facebook or in the newspaper or what have you, and then whatever comes in off of that, is what our return on investment is. So, for instance, if we put $100 on a specific Facebook ad campaign and then we sign up three individuals that actually came from that Facebook ad campaign, and if they're $100, um, you know, a piece, and just make the numbers easy, well, then now that's a $300 gain. Net gain was 200 So, you know, uh, that was what our return on investment is. And I, I think that sometimes we have been sold this idea that everything needs to be done on return on investment. Right. And so, therefore, sometimes we as school owners will not do X, Y, or Z because we don't actually see that there is an opportunity to get uh, the return back. And I, I want us to be clear that Sometimes that's right, and sometimes we shouldn't do those things. So, for instance, if, right. you know, I, I, were, I was asked to go and uh, do a, you know, uh, demonstration, let's say, at the old folks' home. Right. I'm really probably not going to get any return on that investment. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I shouldn't go and spend time to do that, and, and right. we do, and we have done that. But all of those things, all the return on investment opportunities have to be weighed a couple of ways. One, obviously, am I going to be able to make money back for, for the investment? And by with that, you know, is it worth the time and the money? Because that, there's a cost there, too. Sometimes we forget that the, the cost of putting X, Y, or Z together really needs to be factored in, um, you know, with that. So, for instance, like right now I'm in a negotiation with a hospital to right. uh, train their e- ER nurses because their ER nurses are getting beat up. Well, you know, the cost of the program to do might be X, but I have to factor in the fact that I need to tailor this. Would it, is it going to take me a long time to tailor this for them? No, but, but even right. the hour or hours that I spend uh, putting the program together needs to go into what the cost uh, of that program, you know, when yeah. I s- send off the proposal, which you know, I've already done that. But, right. Um, so that needs to be taken in, in, into account. So on return on investment, sometimes you just do it and there is no return. You know, I'm going to go right. and I'm going to uh, uh, do the uh, the old folks, you know, demo where we're going to bring the kids in. And, and really, I think the, the, the non-tangible return on investment is the experience the kids get to have with those individuals, the, what the individuals get, right, those uh, elderly um, people, right. what they get you know, with, right. with our kids coming in and interacting with them. So with that being said, we always look at our business with regards to return on investment, whether we decide right. to do it or not, versus what's called COI, okay? And COI is cost of inaction. And I think if we, if we are honest with ourselves, that that is a bigger problem for us. Right. That... Um, we don't assume that there is a cost for us not acting on a specific task or not acting on a specific uh, marketing campaign. Um, you know, so for instance, let's say that, I don't know what it is, the second week in October is Bully Prevention Week. And we all right. know that, I, I just forget which week it is off the top of my head, but let's just say it's the second week. And right. we all know that, but yet we, we don't spend any time planning to do anything or, or just nothing. What is the cost of that inaction? What is the cost of not capitalizing that on, on that fact, right? Um, I think it can be huge. And it's, it's uh, cyclical, meaning every single year it's going to be that time of year every single year. So for the right. first two, right. three, four, five years, you can do the exact same thing. Right. You don't have to mix it up because it's only done once a year. But the fact is there are certain opportunities that we have as martial arts school owners, one, because they're cyclical, because they happen right. every single year. 
So what in the world is the cost, you know, of, of that in action? That opportunity could have gotten you, because uh, let's say you did a free, you know, bully seminar. That could have, right. that opportunity didn't get you on the news, didn't get you in the newspaper, didn't get you uh, a whole bunch of free publicity that it, it could have gotten you, didn't get you. So there is a cost for not acting on the things that we know we're supposed to do, let alone, I mean, we can talk a little bit later on the things that we don't know that we're supposed to do, but there right. is a cost of inactivity on the things that we know that we're supposed to do. So what are your thoughts on, on cost of inactivity? Well, you know what's interesting? It's so funny how when you and I talk about things, it almost seems as if something triggered you to think about it based on what I was thinking and we telepathically had communicated, right? So. Um, I have a new program manager that I'm training, right? And so I, one of my girls stopped working for me. She ended up working at a job closer to her. She was with me for about a little over a year, did a decent job. Um, but I hired someone new. And in the interim of them starting, I always loved to clean up, fix up, get everything ready, organized, and so on. So I went through all my file folders, all my leads. And no joke, I, I mean, I must have a stack of leads that's in paper probably about two foot tall of leads of people that have one inquired by calling, went to the website, made a phone call. Um, we got them at a fair, got them at a birthday party, got them somehow, some way. There's a name sitting with a phone number and an email waiting to be called, right? So anyway, my guy yesterday is actually making phone calls. Now, we have a fair every year that we do called the October, um, that's the craft fair in, in my town. Um, so he finds leads from last year's craft fair, 150 leads that were called some of them once, some of them not at all, some of them that were called a few times, and some of them just totally ignored. So he starts calling through them. Um, he's saying, like, hi, you know, this is Andrew from Long Island and Jiu-Jitsu Centers. I'm calling on a, a form that you filled out at the craft fair last year, and I know it's a year, but we're calling you now. Um, do you have any interest? They're like, wow, a year ago? But we actually set up six or seven trial classes last night from a year's lead to go. So exactly what you said, you know, that, you know, losing out on these opportunities because we're not following up, following through, making sure it's get done right. If they don't have an interest now, maybe putting them in a future database, et cetera, et cetera. And that's like millions of dollars, literally, that stack of paper, millions of two foot of leads, millions of dollars of potential students just sitting there that was wasted, that wasn't followed up on. And granted, some of them may have gotten, you know, inquired but weren't interested for whatever reason and just had, and then just said no. But there's a lot of legitimate leads there. So, um, wow, it's a major thing that school owners blow and they, and they, and you know, business owners don't follow up on and so on. Yeah, yeah. we're not alone, right? We're not alone right. in that. There, there are other industries, other business owners that, that, lose out on those opportunities. So uh, I just wanted to bring that topic up because I think, you know, in our industry and others, everybody is so focused on, you know, uh, return on investment. Well, I think our biggest problem, like I said, is the cost of inaction. Now, right. N n just because you don't act on something doesn't mean that you were supposed to. So you do have to right. weigh some of that, meaning, you know, if it's if it's uh, not within the scope of what your school is about, meaning the the brand, you know, obviously I'm not a brand for MMA, so I'm not going right. to do MMA things. I'm not. Right. I don't. I don't have a fitness kickboxing anymore, so I'm not going to do a fitness program right. uh, type type thing. Those. So when those opportunities arise, I've decided that you know whether it's this kickboxing program, that kickboxing program, this MMA program, this, I'm not interested in having that inside of my school. So there is no right. cost of inaction for me because that's not my brand. But when things yeah. fall into my brand, then I need to weigh them and sift and sort them through that funnel um, right. and make the decision on whether it's something that is going to be viable for my school. And if right. they all align with regards to, um, you know, that it's a congruent with my brand message. It's going to uh, also promote the school in a healthy way in our community. It's going, you know, just these questions you got to ask yourself. Well, then if it does, why should you not 
do it unless there's right. some 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 reason you know uh, you literally can't afford it. Um, you know, there might be some legitimate reasons why you can't do it, but other than that, you should be uh, capitalizing on those uh, opportunities and those events. So what in, I mean, I'm listening to you now and, and, you know, in my head, I'm hearing like, you know, ROI, return on investment, cost of COI, cost of inaction, literally the same thing in a way, if you really think of it in, in that, in that thought that, you know, if you don't act, you, you know, you lower your return on investment. If you do act, but you don't follow up, you, your cost of return or your return on investment goes down. Your cost of doing business goes up. So like, it's, it's like we have to, you know, it's better, I think, and I've, we've talked about this in the past. It's better to kind of maybe almost do less, but do it really well than do, than have your, you know, have like 27 lines out fishing. Um, rather, and they're all like too low for, I don't know, I mean, no fishing analogies, right? But like, no, but I know they don't have, they don't have hooks on the, on the line and you have one of them that has a lot of hooks on the line. You'd have a better chance with that than you would have in a hundred of the others out there. Right. And that's what something I think that people don't know. And I'll give you an example. You know, I have a website business and we also do digital marketing with that company. So I met with a, uh, a company yesterday. And um, they're a plastic cup company. They manufacture um, logoed, branded cups for, like, pizza parlors, restaurants, you know, Starbucks, things like that, right? So I'm talking with these guys, and, and I said to them, like, are you, are you following up with your leads that come in? They go, yeah, we give them an email. If they don't get back to us, you know, well, that's about it. I'm like, why don't you put them in a nurturing drip campaign? You know, why aren't you calling them? Or why aren't you sending them personal emails? You know, there's so much that you could be doing. Why aren't you emailing people that are on a list like all the pizza parlors in the United States, you know? And they're like, wow, those are great ideas. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm coaching them on digital marketing and doing their website, but I really should be coaching them on business because this could really get them so much more business. And this is something that I just do, right, and that you just do, but a lot of other business owners just don't think of it, right? So, so right. we have to be really aware of what we what we're doing and do it well versus have our hands in everything and not really do anything. Like my leads, like I went and spent the eight hours at the fair, killed myself in the sun. I would have rather been home swimming in my pool. Yet we got all these leads, and then my team didn't follow up on it. And then I trusted that they did. My stupidity, right? I should have been show me the lead, show me the result, show me who you called, show me who you didn't call, right? You know that kind of thing. But I trusted that they would they'd be excited as much as I was with all these leads because they get commissions on every sale. But it just doesn't work like that. And sometimes school owners get caught up in the thick of things, too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's where, um, you know, I talk about in, in uh, the uh, the M2 management module about, you know, inspecting what you expect and how you get right. that done with regards to, you know, your staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with you that ROI and COI can be, synonymous right but i just i i guess what i'm looking at and the 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 idea i just see this that if we were to always look at everything as cost of inaction i think we would take more action right we would procrastinate less and that's why i specifically didn't use the word procrastination obviously roi and coi sound similar it's a play on the on the the letters, but I didn't say procrastination because not all of it is procrastination. Sometimes we just choose not to act on something that we should have. We just, we didn't procrastinate. We just chose not to. But I think that, that, that kills our business. You know, when somebody calls, leaves us a message, we should be on that phone and calling them back as quickly as humanly possible. Oh, absolutely. um, If we weren't able to take it live. You know what I'm saying? Right. The cost of interaction right. and not being the one that picks up that phone or calls them back immediately right. is crazy. And now, as much as I hate it, as much as I hate social media, um, I have to respond to people that message me on right. social media. I right. would prefer to talk to them in person or over the phone because there's a context that's lost. Right. Um, but that being said, I have to message back. Um, yeah. As much as I, and when I say this, I really mean it. As much as I loathe 
having to type out what I am thinking, because uh, one, I don't type out quickly. Two, I right. speak better than I write. So right. I, it is so much easier for me to do this, but I've got to meet them where they're at. So my yeah. cost of inaction could be huge. That could be right. the next person that gets me to another uh, business owner to do another thing with or exactly. three more students. And so it is so important to not procrastinate. So the, the so if you have struggled with procrastination, maybe look at it as, uh, you know, what's my cost of, in, uh, of, of inaction for not taking right. action? What yeah. does it really cost me? And I think sometimes we're really good as entrepreneurs we were able to lie to ourselves and cover it up and say, ah, it really didn't make that big a difference. But if we were to actually sit down and take just five minutes and sit down and, and legitimately write out what we could have made with, with that action, mm-hmm. I, think that would, I think that would change uh, some things for us. And, well, and maybe not even uh, the money that you make, but the relationships that you gain. Yeah, you know what? I always, like when I'm coaching a school owner, right, or I'm trying to give an example to whoever who is a business owner, um, and I'll say to them, like, you know, um, for example, we talked about Halloween cards. Like, I have a bunch of people that jumped on the Halloween cards early. Like, it's it's only September 19th, and they've already ordered, right? Some of them are going to wait till the last minute, but you don't have to give the Halloween cards out on Halloween. You should be doing them all month leading up to it, you know, and, and giving them out, right? So I had some people respond to me and say, you know, I, I only got like one sign up from it last year. And I'm like, oh, okay, so how much were the cards? 180 bucks or $150? Yeah, so, so was that not a good investment? Well, I only got one person. I'm going to do something else this year. Well, why $150 invested and then you get one student that's paying you 130 a month, 1800 or 1500 a year. Um, if I put two stacks of dollars on the table, one of them was 150 and one of them was uh, 1500 and I said, hey, Dwayne, would you give me this 150 if I gave you this 1500 Wouldn't you say, all day long, let's do this deal all day right. long, right? So, like, some people, are, they get frustrated because they don't run home with the prize every time, right? But, yeah, but let's, let's, let's bring that out even further. So the cost of not acting on that this year, last year you did it. Maybe right. maybe you've done it for two years prior, so the people right. that have been there, they're expecting it to happen right. again, and right. you decide not to do it, okay? Right. Well, then you decide to do something for Christmas, and you hand something out at Christmas. Maybe you're going to do something different and do it at Christmas time. Right. And you hand out at Christmas, or you wait. You don't even do it, and then you do right. it again at uh, next year. Right. Well, the the cost of inaction is that – um, if you've created a culture already that is uh, knowing and willing to refer you by passing out and doing these things, yeah. um, you've screwed that up. You've now you've now kinked the hose a little bit for those individuals to uh, be doing that on a regular basis. You haven't equipped them to do that. Not to mention the individuals that just came in September and October right. have no idea what's going on, and now you have to educate them the following year if you want to start it back up again and so there's a there's a problem with with uh uh not having that and and i'll give a a perfect example i we used to do tournaments inner school tournaments and stuff even outer school tournaments but inner school tournaments a couple of times a year and i had since got away from that and it's probably been four years since I've right. done an inner school tournament or three years yeah. since I've done an inner school tournament. And now I want to start that back up. Well, right. Basically I only have maybe 25% of my population or 30% of my population that have ever done a tournament before. Right. And so it is like starting it, you know, I don't know if you remember the, the, the book, good to great about yeah. the flywheel. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine the flywheel, like the price is right wheel where you got to, you know, yank that thing down. And in the beginning, yeah. you know, the, the price is right participant only gets to, to, to pull it once. But see, we as business owners, we get to keep pulling and pulling and pulling and make that sucker go fast. And then once it just goes, we, once there's momentum, you can just tap it and just tap it yeah. and keep that momentum going. You don't have to force it all the time. And yeah. so the cost of inaction uh, for not handing those cards out, especially if you've already done it before, is right. you've broken what they're expected to do, you've, you've, bro- you've kinked that hose, and then when you try to pick it back up again, it, it's going to be a lot, difficult, lot more difficult. Yeah, and you know what? I love what you said, and I love your analogy, and I'm, you're doing the stand-up right now in the desk. 
Yeah. I can see your movements much more animated. I like it. Um, hey, listen, I, I can give you a perfect example of, and, and I call this, you know, creating a buying culture within your school. So in other words, most school owners, like I, I recently about maybe three months ago posted on Century Martial Arts website, Let, show me your retail area of your school. And a lot of people um, had some very amazingly gorgeous schools. I mean, the shift towards professionalism has been amazing in the last 10 years. Like schools that look like, you know, like a gym, Gold's Gym, like super professional, right? And then a lot of them showed me their retail, but their retail was so lacking in merchandise compared to like mine, you know? Then again, they made the choice to just sell their t-shirts with just maybe a branded hat and a branded t-shirt and a branded sweatshirt, right? But, um, that's good because that that alone is better than having nothing at all. And what they're doing is creating a buying culture within their school. In other words, training people to say, hey, those things are for sale. I'm going to pick one up soon. I'm going to get one for my kid for Christmas or I'm going to buy one now. And they're there. If people don't get it and you don't train them to purchase, meaning like you don't give them opportunities where they get used to saying, instead of buying a hat in in the mall, I'm going to buy a dojo hat, right? And that kind of thing, right? And I even do that where my kids get stickers every day and they get to turn their stickers in and they can make purchases at the school. Now that creates uh, like, hey, I got a hat, but mom, I want another one. But you don't have enough stickers. Oh, can I have it? Okay, let's buy another hat, right? So it creates a buying culture. Now here's why, why I brought this story up. We do drink sales in our school. And um, at some point, my school years ago had ran out of drinks, in my other location and they never picked up the new drinks and they stopped, you know, so the refrigerator, everyone was going to the refrigerator. Oh, you have no drinks. Another day, no drinks. A week later, no drinks. You know what they started doing? They started going, getting their drinks at seven 11. So they created a new buying habit. So after class, their thing was stop off at seven 11, get a drink, right? Because we broke their buying habit by not having the merchandise available. And, and it took us a long time to retrain them, recreate that buying culture within the school. And this is so important. Now, I'm not talking about nickel and diming people. I'm talking about giving them opportunities to get the things that they need when they want them, right? I'm not force-feeding them stuff. I'm not saying you must, you have to, this is all you need. I'm not on the, a pulpit screaming right. out different things, you know. I'm just basically just making the opportunities available. We have to do that. And that's, you know, that's another cost of inactivity, right, if we didn't have the drinks to supply it or we don't have – the merchandise on our shelves, you know, all of that stuff is, is hard, right? So I love this. Right. Well, and so how about, you know, an upgraded program? You know, maybe you've been thinking about, well, should I have a black right. club, uh, storm team, leadership team, whatever right. you want to name it. Um, I, I, there's a cost of not acting on that. It's been proven yeah. that it works. Um, there, it's been proven that people will buy it. And so why yeah. not do it? There's a cost of inactivity that's happening. If you can charge another $20 or $30 per month on right. top of what they're already paying or more, depending on what the program is, and it's right. justifiable, there'll yeah. be a, a section of your population that will be willing to do it. Um, now, if it's against your core beliefs or something, I go back to what I said before. You've got to filter all those things through. Then, of course, you're not going to do it. And, and yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, but if, if, there, if, if it does not, um, compromise any of your your businesses or and or your core beliefs. Yeah, why not do uh, something that's already been proven to work? Yeah, and and by the way, let's clarify what you just said. So in other words, like I have a bunch of friends. Their their thing is uh, McDojo this, McDojo that. You know, sell out this, sell out that, and that's their topic. They always want to have purity, realistic martial arts, and so on and so forth. Anything over-the-top commercial, giving away tests when they don't deserve it. They think of it as, as, a, as a bad thing, and I agree, right? But um, just because you are professional and you have add-on programs doesn't mean you'll be selling out your, your school. With, you know, having integrity in what you offer, um, but according to what you want to do, right? So it's important, like, for instance, my leadership team. Um, we, we charge a little bit extra a month. It's $50 extra a month. And it's four lessons a month. Um, for an hour and 10 minutes, um, and uh, they get a special uniform, they get to help out in class, and then we don't just teach them how to teach martial arts and do martial arts, we do goal setting, time management, time slicing, so it's everything I learned in every seminar with Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, all these great people, Bob Allen, Dwayne Brummett, right? 
Yeah, Dwayne Brummett. Yeah, Zig Ziglar. Yeah. And um, all those things that I've learned, I teach to these people. Now, I spend thousands of dollars on going to these seminars, right? And I'm sharing it all for 50 bucks a month and literally changing kids' lives and adults' lives, too, because I have a guy who's 56 years old, and it helped him be a better – he's a, a CEO of his corporation, leading his people, dealing with his people, talking with his people. He's like, this has changed my life, all for $600 a year. He said it's the best deal he ever had, right? So um, so anyway, that's something that you would do and add on with integrity. Now, if you're sitting with the real estate, you have the open class time, why not take advantage of it, right? And that's another, you know, cost of inaction, inactivity or whatever it is, like you're not doing it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, filling the dead space in your studio with uh, somebody else renting it out or you doing another program um, yeah. would, is again, as long as it doesn't, Co- or doesn't conflict with your core beliefs or your your business right. core beliefs. Why not? Uh, you know, take that opportunity and and do that. So there's a right. cost for in uh, inaction, for not taking action on what what we know we should be doing. Right. And the things that we don't know that we should should be doing. So, um, I guess the question then would be, you know, how how do I know? Or how do I get known what I don't know? And we talk about right. people just don't know what they don't know. And that's based yeah. upon uh, the collective information that you've gathered up until this point, and there's some information that might be missing. So I guess, you know, my answer, my quick answer, my cheapest answer for you would be to this, is, this call right now is 184th podcast. Right. So my recommendation would be to go back to number one and start yeah. listening. You know, every day, they're only about 45 minutes to an hour. Every day, do right. one. Right. And you, if, you, if you download it on your podcast machine, you can do it at uh, twice the speed or one and a half times the speed yeah. and get it done quicker. But take notes. When you, and then you'll have, uh, I mean, uh, Allie's probably, I would say, more intelligent than me because I'm a simple guy. But when you, <laughs> you will have some aha moments. You'll have an epiphany on yeah. a few things. Of course, there'll be a lot you go, yep, I already knew that. Yep, I already know that. Okay, you know it. Now ask yourself, am I doing it? And I'll tell you, the the premise of this call today is is because there are some things in my life with regards to the studio that it's costing me because I didn't take action. And I thought, right. you know what? I know better than this. I know better than this. So if I'm not that I'm perfect, and not that I'm better than any of our listeners, but if I'm doing this, um, they're probably doing it too. And I just wanted yeah. to shed some light on that, that cost of inaction uh, yeah. for yourself. So, again, the cheapest way, go back and listen to all the calls and take notes, right? Right. The more expensive way um, and probably the quicker way is to have Allie or I coach you one-on-one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would, you know, or, or somebody else in the industry, whatever. Um, but find somebody that you, you, uh, you know, you, you know, you like and you trust, and then you can open up to, and you could work back and forth. I'm not trying to sell us, uh, or anybody else for that matter, but, um, it's, it's important for you to know that there's a, there's a cheap, slow way and there's right. a fast, quick way. Right. Another cool thing is what you just said too, that's important is that, um, as owners, the biggest dilemma always is, and we're business owners, we get caught up like, look, at I, you know, I'm working at my desk doing, you know, whatever business administrative stuff and all that stuff during the day. Um, I, I admit it, I'll take a 15, 20 minute nap before, before I go back, you know, like at so around three o'clock, I lay on my couch, take a 15 minute nap, and then I go into the dojo and teach for another four, four and a half hours, right? So um, for me, um, you know, I also get caught in the thick of things, in the day-to-day, in the, in the, you know, in just the, what we would, Rob Kiyosaki would call the rat race, right? You know, like what we do on a daily basis to chug through it all, right? So for us, I mean, I think that, you know, this is a typical thing as a business owner. We end up having no time for the right stuff. 
and a lot of time for the wrong stuff, right? A lot of time for the busy work, the mundane work. The, you know, it's like my employees. Sometimes they'd rather package stuff up and clean stuff off rather than get down to the nitty gritty, right? They put projects off that seem overwhelming mentally and until they start them, they're not, but they look at them and go, I'll do that later, right? And we as owners always think we're so busy, right? You know, we're so busy and we, we don't have time for this or that. Right. But it's important to make the time for the important things. And that goes back to return on investment. So, like, you know, when when you're looking at your hours during the week, 168 hours, we've broken this down. I forget what call it was and what podcast. And we also gave it away on our manifesto for a long period of time to people where it broke down their um, their time invested in what their time was worth. And a lot of people said, you know what, I really never thought of it that way. I didn't realize what I, you know, my time was being wasted on and how much money I should be put, you know, whatever. They didn't have a calculation because they just didn't get it. And we kind of clarified that for them, you know. So um, anyway, long story short, um, people should spend more time on the projects that are most important to them. For example, number one, getting new students. Most important thing. Number two, retaining the students that they have, right? Number three, servicing those clients by giving them what they need and what they want, right? Maybe retail, maybe special events, maybe private lessons, maybe, you know, clothing, um, you know, whatever. That's the only four things that you need to worry about within your school. You know, of course, retention is quality of instruction and great classes and so on, um, you know, and uh, and giving them what they want. Parents really want Like I have parents, newer, the newer parents want everything. They want to buy a hat for their kids. They want to buy the jacket with the logo on it. And again, cost of inaction, if I blow it and I don't get them wearing the stuff right away, they'll be like, ah, we're, we're past that point now, right? So we want to start them right from the start and get them going. Make sense? Yeah, did you, yeah. Did you see what Frank wrote? No, I didn't. It's coming up now. Uh, let me see. Yeah, he said, being from uh, uh, an old school way, he said, I never realized how much marketing and sales techniques were involved. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Because old. I don't see that on here. That's the weirdest. Let me go back. I, sometimes when I'm watching it. Oh. Okay. It just re re um, it refreshed. Being from an old school way, I never realized how much marketing and sales techniques were involved. Yeah. Because back in the day, we didn't teach to have a massive school. We had the mentality like you know only the few will survive, and if they survive, they deserve to be here. That was my way of kind of filtering out the mistakes I made years ago. Like I'd say, ah, they, were, they weren't strong enough anyway, or they weren't the right fit for my school, not realizing that it was me that was making the mistake. Like, you know, if someone quit too soon, I went too hard on them. Ah, they're not tough enough. Meanwhile, I should know better. Like I should have known how to baby step them through because I know what it took to get to where I was. I just happened to be stubborn and thick-headed, and, and you know, I just wanted to do it no matter what, but not everyone is like that. Right. So, right. so, yeah. That was the so, cost of your uh, ignorance. <laughs> exactly. No. Hey, listen, some people get offended by the word ignorance, right? But, you know, you and I joke, what was my favorite mistake on a word? Was It was paradigm. Paradigm. Right? Yeah. And we joke about that all the time. Sometimes the listeners probably don't even know why. So when I was reading a book, I forget what book it was. I think it was um, uh, The E-Myth by uh, Michael Gerber. And I kept reading the word paradigm, right? And and I talked to my ex at the time, my daughter's mom, and I said, uh, you know, this paradigm stuff is amazing. She's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, the paradigm, you know, I'm going to change my paradigm, right? And we're talking 30 years ago, whatever it was. And uh, she's like, let me see. And I'm like, right here. She's like, that's paradigm, not paradigm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to change my paradigm, you know, like, so my <laughs> ignorance wasn't that I was a moron, I, you know, I could read, but I just never used that word before, right, so I, you know, as I learned, I, I got better at it, so sometimes we're ignorant, meaning simply by the definition that we don't know about that particular topic, if we're right. ignorant, period, that's an insult, right, you're just stupid, and you don't do anything, but I mean, if you're ignorant at Science, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, that you didn't study it. You're not you're ignorant at running a school because you've never done it or you don't know about X, Y, and Z. I mean, it is a brutal word, sometimes tough, but at the same time, it's reality because you have to be able to admit when you don't know. You can't pretend, right? Yeah, well, and I, but this, see, I think that's the, uh, that, that's the tell of the humility of the individual. I mean, I get it if they don't know what the word really means and then they're offended because they think it means stupid, but, 
you know, that just goes to show the – if they know what the word means and, and, and they're still offended, and that just goes to show you the type of person they are, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I, I once had a parent that I said to them, I said, listen, your kids have beat you down because they didn't want to go, and, and you gave in to it. And, um, and you know, you, you're allowing them to quit. And the mom was super pissed at me. And I'm like, I, I pushed him so much, and how dare you? And I'm like, ma'am, I'm just saying right now at this moment in time, you're going to allow them to quit. I know what you did in the past, and good job. But now is the crucial, most crucial time when you decide to let them stop. You may or may not regret it in the future, but I can guarantee you if you stick them with it and keep them going, their lives will be changed forever. So don't quit right now. Don't allow them to quit. And she was a tick. She just did not want to get past that point. And I said to another mom one time, she still to this day hates me. Her kids are in their 20s. They trained me when they were like 10. Um, and even when I see her and I say, hi, how are you? Um, and she's just kind of good, you know, like walks the other way. She still doesn't like me. Because I said to her, I said, sometimes behind a demotivated child is a demotivated parent. But not demotivated, you know, to do what you're supposed to do, just demotivated to get them to class. So they beat you down and you've given up. You lost your motivation to keep them going, to fight the good fight. Still to this day, she doesn't like me because she thought I was calling her a demotivated, a bad parent. When in reality, I explained to her exactly what I meant, too, just like I did now. But she never got past those words. Yeah, right? that's too bad. Well, there's yeah. a cost of inaction there. Yeah. Know? There is. And isn't that what we do with our – you're right. That's what we do with, with the people that want to quit. There's a cost right. of not continuing, of not taking right. action and continuing. You know, I had right. a meeting with a student last night who wanted – she's an adult. Um, she has some situational things that, that are making things difficult for her to continue. And right. uh, I just talked to her. And yeah. I said, you know, if, if this were to change, how would that make you feel? If that were right. to change – how would that make you feel? And if both okay. of those were to change, what would your decision moving forward be? And, right. you know, she was like, yeah, I, I, I would do it. I said, well, fortunately for you, I have the power to change this and this. And, it, and not only is it within my power, I think it's reasonable. So let's do this and this, and this is how we're going to handle that. And right. uh, boom, she's back in the game. She's supposed to be testing for black belt this December. So I yeah. could have just been like, you know what, suck it up. You know, right. but there's a cost for not, there had been a cost for me not acting. Now, listen, she's a third member in that family, so um, I wouldn't really lose much of any money if I just let her quit. Right, right. But but she's a person, and I care about her. Right. And I think in the end, she will be totally happy yeah. that she stuck it out. And and so there will be an ROI, not that I'm looking for one, but there will be an ROI for her, return on her, you know, investment for her, and there will be for me too. And, and also too, right? Yeah, but it could be monetary because she might not pay tuition because she's a third member discount, but she might buy a shirt, come to an event, do a test, whatever the case may be, other add-on kind of activities, right? Or um, talk nicely about us. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was just going to say, in the beginning, you started off and said, sometimes we go to an old age center and we do a demo, and there's no real return on investment because we're not going to get 80-year-old people to come and join our school, right? But um, sometimes there is a massive return on investment. It's called FOMA, F-O-M-A, Front of Mind Awareness. So when when their grandchild says, I want to do karate, they, and the grandparents at the home or whatever say, hey, I'll pay for Joey's tuition at the school that just came in. And they saw you and they liked you and they appreciated what you do. So there's, there's sometimes a lot of inequitable, like we can't figure out, I don't even know if that's a correct terminology, but you can't figure out what certain actions you take within the community and the nice things that you do that come back to you in the future. Now, I don't want you to spend time on all goodwill activities because if that's all you're doing and it's not bringing you any students, it's great to be altruistic, but if you're going to go get, go broke and close your school because of it, you have to equal out your time. But um, it is really important to show people that you care. Um, they say that doctors will get sued less in malpractice issues where uh, they do something wrong is if they just show the person that was wronged, that had something done bad to them, just showing them 
that the doctor cares, making the follow-up, making the phone call, um, you know, making sure they feel like they that they're not just a number, they're not just a billing client, you know, and so on. So it's important for us to uh, understand that, that that's part of being a real martial arts school owner and being a part of a leader in the community. You just don't do your lesson and forget about it. It's about really reaching into people's lives and changing them forever. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly, certainly. So um, that's what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, return on investment, but but really specifically the cost of inaction. And, right. and I just like everybody, challenge everybody to uh, pick up on that and really change their paradigm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Change their paradigm and start looking at uh, things as a cost of not acting. Like what is the cost for me not doing this or not doing that? And then right. uh, decide if it's something that's viable for your school, um, yeah. you know, for yourself, that type of thing, and then move forward with it. Yeah. Hey, Dwayne, thanks. I mean, I love I love the calls. I love I love being on the calls with you. And I, I love being reminded every week of all the things that I've forgotten. Like, what's that old saying? Like, sometimes you forgot more than most people have learned. Um, yeah. But it's only it's only good if you're doing it. You know, you could have learned it and have forgotten it. Like, you know, like, I was four and I learned not to stick my fingers in an electrical outlet. But if I've forgotten that and do it today... I mean, I bet, you know, that's my own problem, right? So we have to remember as school owners that I'd rather see them take like 20 things and use those and do them super well or 10 things and do them super well rather than doing a million things. And I, I actually have just dumbed down half of my systems in my school. You know, like a lot of this new, I, I use Spark membership now. I swear to God, I love this program more than anything. And there are people, you know, out there that I know that have already signed up with them. But I've taken many of the systems that I'd have my program managers doing manually, and I've automated it. You're a man of automation. You do a lot of great automation. You're able to set this. With Sparks, I was able to set this up where I did away with my two, four, six, eight, ten week calls. I only do a, a like a five week interim and a ten week in between. The rest of it is automated emails and text messages. I did away with a lot of my missing in action calls because now they're getting a text message, but it's automated, and the people don't realize it's automated. That, you know, hey, God, hey, Dwayne, it's Allie, Sheon Allie from Long Island and Gypsy Centers. Where you been? Uh, you're truly a ninja. You haven't been here for 10 days, or at least we didn't see you. Can you call us or text us? And they text me right back. Hey, Sheon, thanks for the text. You know, I'm not saying that I, I, I would want them to think that I did it all personally, but I set these up. But at the same time, we're communicating, right? Well, there needs to be a personal touch, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yes. uh, John, John Hackleman just uh, uh, came on the call, <laughs> and uh, he asked, he goes, what do you – what are, what are we talking about? Uh, John, it's too lengthy to, to go into it, but I will just quickly say we're talking about return on investment as, as versus uh, cost of inaction. So Yeah, and basically, by the way, John, as a trainer of all these great fighters, would, he knows that most, in, most out of anybody, right? He puts his time probably into the fighters that really train hard. If he sees someone's a slacker, he's not going to do it. And if he sees someone's got talent, it's a return on inaction. You know, it's uh, you know, he wants to make sure that his time is invested well, right? And he's doing the right thing with the right fighters. And by the way, John runs a very successful, big, large school as well. So it's interesting. And Mike Budansky wrote, champions don't always need to be taught what to do, just reminded what to do. And that's so true, right? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, adjust the swing or do this right. And that's what we do as teachers. Like, sometimes I'm teaching my black belts. I'm like, come on, guys, you're getting lazy. You're dropping your hands. Or you're getting lazy. You're not doing this. Or you're getting lazy and your, your stance is incorrect. You know, and I just, as my job is to keep them on point, right, all the time. And that's what we have to do as instructors and as business owners. It's always good to have a mentor. Like you and I together, we remind each other of things that we've forgotten, right? So it's important. Um he says he boots slackers. He gets rid of them. Right. John said that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's because he knows that it's a waste of his time and effort and theirs too. Like if you, if you see that they just don't have what it takes and they're lazy and they're not going to ever get there, why bother? Right. Like it's just a waste. Cool. Well, awesome. I hope everyone enjoyed it. We're done. You wanted to go over anything else or we kind of. No, I think we're good. Um, you know, for those of you that came on late, you know, feel free to, to re-listen to this. Um, I just want to remind everybody that is on the actual podcast, not live, but on the podcast, 
Um, you know, go to schoolownertalk.com. There's a whole bunch of other uh, things. I mean, those of you that are watching live too, but you can go to schoolownertalk.com. Uh, all the past episodes are there, so there's a ton of information. Lastly, uh, just what we had said in the middle of this conversation is, you know, really to find out the things that you, you, you don't know, meaning you, know, you already know what you know, but there are things that you don't know that you don't know. Uh, the cheapest way, like we said, is to go back through all 183 calls uh, that we right. did uh, because this is our 184th podcast. But go through all of those and just start taking some notes. Uh, that's the cheapest way to do it. Maybe you do one a week, right? And yeah. then, uh, you know, hey, that type of thing. Uh, go ahead. I was saying that I was at a um, an event recently, and I started to one of the moms that was, she's a school owner. She said to me, uh, oh, I, I, and as I started to talk, I mean, she's like, oh, I know you from blah, blah, blah. And then I started to talk, and her kid looked up at her, and she goes, my daughter knows your voice because every day when we go to the dojo on Saturday and we're cleaning to get ready, I play your podcast. So she's like, used to hear me, never met me before. So, so that's what she does during cleaning time. She's got either headphones in or she's playing it and she's cleaning, right? So like a lot of our clients do that. One of them is Adam Lux. He listens to our podcast as he's doing stuff around the school. You know, some people do it while they're driving back and forth to their school. So it's on iTunes. You didn't mention that, but it's on iTunes. People could download the podcast right off of it. It's free, right? And, and they're all there for you. You can just get, and it'll even remind you of new, new ones that are coming out, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the cheapest way uh, to uh, know what you don't know and to move your school forward. Uh, the, the second way, which is, you know, faster but a little bit more expensive, is to either hire Allie or I to, uh, to coach you. And, and I'm not trying to sell us, but there's other uh, people out there as well. And then I will say this about Allie and I. Um, Allie has uh, expertise in things that uh, aren't my forte. And so when that occurs, sometimes we, we uh, uh, swap people. Uh, sometimes exactly where you know um, it's like you know what Al he needs help or she needs help with this and that's I mean I can do it but one I don't like yeah. it and and two you're better at it than I am so we and, and we've done that before as well yeah we've had sometimes where I could not just get through a staff member just didn't want to listen to me they they didn't like me we we kind of clashed I'm like Dwayne why don't you take on the coaching call from now on because you could get through to them and I I just can't I'm wasting their time and money. Right. Hey, by yeah, the well, way, then I, then I then I finally got them uh, to to let her let her go. So yeah, exactly. Finally, God, and it took a while. Finally, right? yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, Mike Bodansky, a uh, master Bodansky from uh, uh, from Putnam, Connecticut. He said he's riding his bike right now, listening to us. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, very very cool. So uh, and uh, John, thanks for being on the call and everyone for listening. I hope you had a good time and you got something out of it. And Dwayne, I'm always honored to be with you here, and uh, I look forward to next week. My pleasure. If you have any questions, uh, email Allie at shehan at lininja.com, shehan at lininja.com. He responds quicker than I do, so just email yeah. him. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, man, I'll, take, I'll talk to you soon. You have a great day.